Welcome to Market Week in Review for the week ending July 16th, 2021. I'm Chris Collin. Today I'm joined by Chief Investment Strategist Eric Ristabin. I trust the summer has been treating you well thus far, Eric. Uh, we've had great weather, as you know. Yes, certainly. Now, given the density of news items released this week, perhaps we should jump right in. On Tuesday, inflation headlines boasted a year-over-year figure of 5.4% for the Consumer Price Index. While we've discussed the concept of base effects for a few months now, this figure was still slightly ahead of expectations. What are your key takeaways here? And do you mind commenting on a few of the statements from Jerome Powell in relation to the Fed's stance on the heightened figure? Sure. Happy to. Uh, yeah, the, the numbers certainly got Congress's attention. <laughs> so uh, he spent a couple of days explaining uh, what he thought about the inflationary numbers, both to the House and to the Senate, which is not unexpected, right? These these are pretty eye-popping numbers. Uh, I, I think what he said and, and, and what we think as well is that um, the, the sources of inflation are primarily in what we would consider transitory, meaning that they're not going to last forever. Um, areas of the economy that really are being driven by the very low base of last June, right? Just think about where we were in June, particularly as it relates to the industries that I'm going to talk about. But you're talking about very low bases in areas like automobile rentals, airlines, um, you know, you, you've got a whole bunch of things. Used car prices are, are way up. And so when you look at the, and energy is the last one, right? So, you know, it's way up. You think about where the oil price has gone. Um, so those are kind of the, like, the, the kind of sectors that are really driving these inflationary numbers. Um, and, and I think we believe that those are not going to last forever. It's really actually adjusting from incredibly low levels to higher levels. You, you couldn't give air ticket, airplane tickets away a year ago. Um, n- now they can, uh, but they're not. Uh, so uh, the reality is, is that, and that's kind of what Powell said, right? And you know, it is something to watch, though, right? You know, the the, the thing you want to where you're going to get probably concerned is in particularly if you see widespread wage increases. We've seen those anecdotally, right? But if, if we see that kind of in the system at a systematic level, that's that's you know, that's a warning sign. And and frankly, the other obvious warning sign is if they keep going, right? If the, if the numbers every month are really high and after six months, you know, probably going to be kind of really pushed to, to say they're transitory now that they've lasted, you know, nearly a year. But, you know, right now um, we kind of agree with the chairman and, and I'm, not, I'm not sure Congress completely bought his, his explanation, but I, I think it's what he really believes. Yeah. Completely agree. And I think we'll see maybe a few more months and then we'll see where things look later in fall and winter. Now, another significant headline this week pertained to the $3.5 trillion budget outlined by the Democrats within the Senate. While its passage is far from assured, the potential breadth of impact is absolutely enormous. Eric, can you walk us through the scope of the package and the process involved towards making this agenda a reality? Yeah, it, it's it's pretty wide sweeping. So if you if you took the uh, the campaign agenda of, of Joe Biden and said we want to map that to a piece of sweeping budgetary legislation, this is it, right? I mean, this is pretty much ticking the boxes that he said he was going to tick. It talks a lot about childcare. It talks about a, a number of other things like you know energy, uh, renewable energy sources. Kind of the green economy, um, which is he's not, you know, that's not the only time it's going to that we're probably going to talk about green, you know, this week, because I think you're probably our next topic is about what Europe did. Uh, but, you know, if you think about it, it, it is a sweeping agenda. 
Um, now, you know, how you're going to pay for it, obviously, is going to ramifications in terms of tax expectations, you know, because that's been much of a debate, right? We're already in tax discussions. Uh, we think the, the corporate income tax, the corporate tax is going to move to, say, two, uh, 25% from 21%. Um, and, and the target is 28, but we don't think they're going to be able to get that past Joe Manchin and his friends. Uh, the same basic challenge applies to this, right? This is... The Senate leadership um, and the leadership of the of the, of the committee, um, Bernie Sanders, um, that are proposing this package, along with the president, it has the administration's very strong backing because it was his, it was his campaign agenda. Uh, not surprisingly, he's backing it. But moderates like Joe Manchin, and that's a name everybody will get used to hearing for the next couple of year year and a half because you're going to hear it a lot. Uh, you know, he hasn't said whether he supports this or not. There are other moderates that haven't said they're in. And remember, that's just the Senate. You, you still got to get it through the House. And there isn't an overwhelming majority there. So it, it's it, it, it shouldn't be hugely surprising to people that they're proposing a budget that reflects the, the campaign agenda of the now president of the United States. How much of it they can get through is a different question. And then how do they pay for all this is yet another question. Um, and those seem to be pretty open-ended at this point. Well, you've already hinted at this already, but um, an equally remarkable blueprint towards the future came from the EU this week. And as announced by the European Commission, there's a series of climate change proposals aimed at bringing the bloc carbon neutral. Um, obviously expensive. The scope is massive. Um, it's going to have geo geopolitical trade implications, impacts on fossil fuels, tax changes. I guess in all of one or two minutes, do you care to share more of your thoughts on that as well? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, first thing, it's a blueprint, right? Yeah. This isn't this isn't legislation that's been passed and and, and certified. Uh, probably a couple years of negotiation are are going to go on, but I, I wouldn't expect massive step backs from what the proposal is, and it, it is sweeping. Right. Um, it is sweeping as it relates to the impact on energy producers. It's sweeping as it as potential impacts on um, agriculture, uh, you know, automobiles. Clearly, um, there are there are things like, you know, it's going to end the, uh, the 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 current. Currently, they're not enforcing the same uh, rules as it relates to pollution on industries like airlines. Yeah. This proposal says they're going to stop doing that. Right. This proposal also talks about creating an import levy, think tariff, um, you know, based on, you know, energy, kind of the, the, the trading system around carbon um, credits. So it, it basically, and so the idea is, is that, you know, any, any industry where there are manufacturers outside of the European Union that want to export their goods into the European Union, they're gonna have to pay this import levy um, and, and really it's, you know, you're affecting kind of those environmentally challenged industries, things like mm -hmm. steel, things like fertilizer, concrete, um, you know, those, those aluminum being a huge energy, you know, it takes a lot of energy to produce aluminum. So those industries, right. I mean, those, those manufacturers outside the United States or outside the Euro rather are going to be subject to those import levies. Now, remember in, in Europe's mind, that's just to make the even playing field because they're going to have the same regulations for European manufacturers. So it, it, it's it's their attempt to protect their own industries. But as you said, trade tensions are likely to uh, be created by uh, the fact that 
it looks like there's tariffs being placed on and not every country and every uh, every country that does business with with the euro is going to be thrilled about that but um you know i think the trends that you're expecting i think really what people need to take a step back and think about this in, in kind of broader terms right the, the in what's happening in europe very clearly is that they're putting teeth behind there are financial implications to not being environmentally sensitive and once your profits and revenues are affected by regulation um and levies um the, then then that tends to change corporate behaviors right i, I think you're already seeing this broadly as it relates to electric vehicles right mm -hmm. Electric vehicles in Europe are going to become even more commonplace than they are today um, because the only way they're going to meet the new emission standards to be you know, climate neutral uh, by uh, 2050 is they're going to have to have a lot of electronic, electric vehicles out there and, and they're going to have renewable energy sources, a whole bunch of other things. But, but those sort of trends are occurring in the United States, too, as evidenced by the proposal um, that we, we just talked about. So I, I think, you know. I know people want to make sometimes this conversation, um, you know, almost a political conversation. I, I would really, this is about, there are going to be costs according to the European Union. There are currently, there are gonna be more costs in the future of not being environmentally sensitive. And that's gonna have an impact on how companies do business. It's gonna have an impact on profits. It's gonna have an impact on a lot of things. Um, and I, I wouldn't expect that the two years of negotiation are gonna see a substantive step back from it, right? They know this is going to be expensive and it's a priority for them. And it has broad support within the European Union politically. So uh, I yeah, expect this to actually substantively become law uh, at, at, in the not too distant future. Yeah, completely agree. And I mean, this is a seminal moment, I think, for the world as well. So we'll see. We'll see how other nations respond going forward. Um, but with that, I believe we're at the end of our time, Eric. Um, as always, it's a pleasure. Thanks for your insights. And to all who are listening, stay safe and enjoy the weekend.